Assalamualaikum everyone and welcome to episode 2 of Presence of Paradise. This episode is a big one. It is a painful one. So please hold on because you're going to need it. When I first read this story, I literally was jaw dropped and my life just does not feel the same. And I hope that this kind of teaches you some valuable lessons. This story in particular is going to raise awareness on how we should obey Allah's commands and not our own desires while also talking about the importance of hijab and gender segregation and how we should avoid free mixing and how sometimes the people we think we can trust the most because oh it's family or oh it's this it's that nothing will happen is actually the biggest bite that will come back to eat us and so that's why it's very important to obey Allah's commands to our best of our abilities in those situations so let's start the story please hold on because this one i'd recommend sitting down it's gonna hurt it's it's gonna hurt this particular story was narrated in an Arabic booklet entitled Effective Incidents for the Youth. And trust me, it, it, mm-hmm, yeah. So it's a little story. In the story, they basically used fake names to cover up the real ones because obviously we're not putting out real people's information out there. So when they published the story, they just filled in filler names such as Halid and Saleh and like other people and whatnot, whatnot, just to, you know, not keep any real names in the story. So, but the story is real it's in a true incident book so yeah i don't even know okay let's just start because this is nerve-wracking i'm sorry obey allah's commands not our desires halid sat at his desk in great concern and worry his friend saleh noticed signs of grief on his face he arose from his desk walked over and addressed halid we've been friends for a long time for over a week now i have been noticing that you're in deep contemplation and seem very distracted the signs of grief and worry are apparent on you it seems as though you are carrying the problems of the entire world on your shoulders. Don't you know that all matters lie in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's control? Halid kept quiet for a while and then said, I commend you on your excellent perception. At the moment I am in need of someone to communicate my problems and worries. Perhaps you can assist me in solving them. Halid straightened up in his chair and poured a cup of tea for his friend and then said, The problem is, is that as you know, I've been married for approximately eight months. My wife and I are living alone in our house. My younger brother, Hamd, who is 20 years of age, has just completed high school and has been accepted into a university here. He'll be arriving in a week or two to commence his lessons. My parents are persistently commanding me to allow him to live with me in my house instead of living with some friend or in a flat. They're afraid that he should deviate. These apartments have a lot of different people living there who might influence him. I refuse this offer as he's a young man. He's, his being in my house could lead to great danger. We've passed that age of adolescence and we know what our condition was at that time. I will at times have to leave my house while he's still asleep. Sometimes at work, I will be out of home for a couple of days. I informed one of my ulama of my dilemma. He cautioned me from allowing any person, even my brother, to stay with my wife and me in one house. He mentioned the statement of Rasulullah, may Allah be pleased with them, that in-law is death, narrated by Buhari and Muslim, i.e. the most dangerous thing for a woman is her husband's family, his brother, uncles, and cousins. They enter the house quite freely and nobody has any doubt regarding them. Thus, the harm and trouble caused by them is much more severe and grave. The other thing is also that a man needs to have, you know, obviously privacy with in a home and his wife and whatnot. And this will not be possible if my brother Hamd is also residing in our house. Khalid kept quiet for a while, sipping his tea, and continued. When I explained my situation to my parents, gave them my reasons, and took an oath that I only desired good for my brother, they became very angry with me. They complained about me to our relatives, accused me of disobedience to my parents, depicted me to be sick-hearted, evil-minded, and full of evil intentions. And since I had such evil thoughts regarding my brother, whereas he regarded my wife as his elder sister, 
They then portrayed me to be jealous and full of malice, disliking goodness for my brother and not desiring him to complete his university studies. The worst was when my father threatened me, saying, This is a great embarrassment. How can your brother live with strangers when your house is available? By Allah, if you do not allow him to live with you, your, your mother and I will never speak to you for the rest of our lives. We'll have nothing to do with you after this day, and we will continue ourselves from you in this worldly life and the hereafter. Halid lowered his head and then said, Now I'm in great confusion. On one hand, I want to please my parents, and on the other hand, I don't want to sacrifice my family's happiness. What's your opinion solution to this taxing and complex problem? Salah sat up and answered, You want my clear and open opinion in this matter? Oh, Halid, it seems like you're a person of great misgiving and suspicion. Otherwise, why would you create problems with your parents? Don't you know that the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lies in pleasing your parents and the displeasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in displeasing them? If your brother lives in your house, he'll take care of the needs and the duties of the house in your absence. He'll be the man of the house in your absence. Salah kept quiet for a while so that he could see the effects of his speech sink into Halid. He then continued, Why are you harboring evil thoughts about your brother? Why are you being suspicious regarding an innocent person without proof? Have you forgotten that cut the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, O believers, abstain greatly from thought? Verily, some thoughts are sin. In Surah Hujarat, don't you trust your wife and your brother? Halid interrupted, I trust them both. But immediately, Salih cut him off, saying, You're a return to suspicion, thoughts and delusions. Trust me, Halid, your brother Hamd will be the guardian of your house in your presence and absence. He'll never think of approaching his brother's wife with evil intentions, since he will regard her as an elder sister. Ask yourself, if your brother was married, would you have held any evil thoughts regarding her? Would you have interfered with her? I think the answer is quite clear, Halid. Why are you causing anxiety to your parents and your brother? Why are you breaking family unity? And why are you causing a split due to your suspicions, doubts, misgivings, which possess no solid basis? Be intelligent and be intelligent and please your parents so that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may be pleased with you. To eliminate any doubts, why don't you place Hamd in the front portion of your house and lock the door separating the front portion from the remaining section of the house? Halid was satisfied with the advice of his friend and could not find any reason to now refute the request. After a few days, Hamd arrived by plane. Halid welcomed him in and took him home where he began residing in the front section of his home. And I want to do a small intermission. Guys, hold on, because this is where it gets painful. Yeah, like actually painful. Also, guys, should I like change my whole career path and become like an audiobook reader? Do you guys think I'd be good for that? Okay, besides the point. Or maybe you could DM me and let me know. I don't know. I might just switch my life. Just kidding. Okay, this is where it gets serious. Okay, intermission. Get ready. Um, You need to do something. Do it. Sit down because it's about to get really serious. Like it's, it's about to get dark. Okay, days passed. Four years later, Halid had just reached the age of 30. He was now the proud father of three beautiful children. Hamd was in the final year of his studies. Khalid had promised to get him a good job at the university. Until that time, Khalid mused Hump could remain living with him until he married and acquired his own home. One night, Khalid, driving his car, was returning home quite late. On the street adjoined his house, he saw from a distance two forms of, on the side of the road. As he drew closer, he saw an old man, old woman positioned over a young woman lying flat, outstretched on the ground, screeching in pain and turning from side to side. The old woman, on seeing him, started shouting and wailing, Young man, please assist us. Halid, on seeing this, became curious. He proceeded closer to them and inquired regarding their situation. The old woman informed him that they were not originally from the city. They had just moved in a couple weeks before and they did not know anybody in the area. This woman was her daughter, the one on the floor. Her husband had gone on a journey out of the city for some work and her labor pains had begun well before her due date. She was in severe pain and they could not find anyone to transport her to the hospital. 
to deliver the baby. Tears flowing from her eyes, the old lady pleaded, I beg you, come forward, do me a favor. Transport my daughter and myself to the nearest hospital. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect yourself, your wife, your children from all types of difficulties. The flowing tears of the old lady as well as the screeching cries of the young lady lying on the floor affected the heart of Halid. Compassion overcame him, motivated by self-honor, noble-mindedness, and the desire to aid a distressed person, he agreed to transport them. Facilitated by the old woman, they carried the expected mother to the car. They proceeded to the nearest hospital. The old woman continued to supplicate for his well-being the whole way. Halid's self-honor and noble-mindedness did not allow him to return home and leave this lady and her daughter alone before a successful operation and the birth of a healthy child. He informed the old lady that he would wait for her in the men's waiting room. As soon as the child was born, she should inform him of the good news. He then phoned home and informed them of the situation, stating that he would arrive late, so that all at home would be ease. Halid seated himself in the waiting room. He reclined on the wall. His eyes drooped and soon he fell into a deep slumber. He could not recall how much time had passed. All he remembered was, well, the scene, which will never be erased from his mind. When he awoke to the shout of a doctor on call, two policemen and the doctor walked towards him, followed by the old lady wailing and lamenting. This is the one. This is the one. Khalid was taken back by this scene. He awoke and hastened towards the old woman, saying, Was the bird successful? Before the old lady could even answer, the police officer asked, Are you Khalid? He replied, In the affirmative. The officer then remarked, We have to speak to you for a few minutes in the office. They all entered the office, locking the door. The old woman then began wailing, slapping her face and cheeks and pulling her hair. This is the evil doer. I hope you never set him free. Oh, sorrow and grief is the lot of my daughter. Halid was shocked and dumbfounded, not understanding at all what was transpiring. He had not fully regained his senses from his shock when he heard the doctor saying, She claims that you raped her daughter. Due to this, she bore this child. When she threatened to expose and disgrace you and to report you to the police, you promised to marry her. Now you want to take this child, place it by the door of one masjid so that some good Samaritan will take it some welfare organization. Halid was absolutely dumbfounded by these accusations. Life appeared bleak to him. He could not see what was occurring around him. Words seemed to be stuck in his throat. He fell to the ground unconscious. Yo, let that sit in, bro. Yo, that was crazy. It gets even more crazy. Yo, I'm like intermission to breathe because that was crazy. And subhanAllah, it's crazy when you see the way that Allah works out the situation. Because right now it seems like, oh, him being accused of rape is the worst thing that could ever happen to him in his life. And how could this ever be a blessing? You're going to see how this turns to a blessing. A while later, he regained consciousness. He found himself in a room with two officers. One of them spoke out, Halid, tell me the truth. Your countenance portrays you to be a man of honor and your actions show that it is quite unlikely that you would have committed such a monstrous crime. Halid responded with a pain penetrating his heart. O oh people, is this the recompense of good? Is this how kindness is repaid? I'm an honorable, chastened man. I'm married, have two sons and one daughter. I reside in a good neighborhood. Halid could not control himself. Tears flowing from his eyes, tears of oppression and injustice, tears portraying his innocence and purity. When he regained his composure, Halid narrated the whole incident which had occurred. After narrating his side of the story, the officer said to him, Do not worry. I believe that you're innocent. However, we have to follow legal procedures to prove your innocence. The matter is very simple in this case. We'll have to conduct some medical tests which will expose the truth. Halid interrupted, What truth? The truth that I'm innocent, honorable, and Jasset, don't, don't you believe me? Even dogs show kindness to those who are kind to them. However, there are so many people who cause harm and deceive those who do good to them. Mm? 
Halid's sperm bars. Anyway, child, sorry. In the morning, samples of Halid's sperm were taken and sent to the laboratory for testing. Halid sat with the officer in another room, making dua and calling out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to expose the reality. Approximately two hours later, the results returned. The medical test proved Halid to be innocent of, these, of those accusations. Halid could not control himself with joy. He fell down in sajda, praising Allah for having made his apparent innocence. The officer apologized for the inconvenience caused to him. The old lady and her daughter were handed off to the police for investigation so that they could be punished accordingly. Now you might be sitting here and thinking, how is this a blessing? Because at the end of the day, he still got accused. Well, you're going to see how this is a blessing. Before leaving the hospital, Halid decided to bid farewell and thank the doctor who presided over the case. He proceeded to this office and thanked him for his effort. The doctor unexpectedly remarked, If you don't mind, I'd like to speak for you for, you for a few minutes. The doctor then began discussing some side issues before he gathered courage and said, in reality, Halid, I think that you suffer from some kind of illness. When I noticed after studying your samples, however, I'm not certain. I would therefore like to test your wife and children, so that could be certain. Now you might just think, oh, well, he just has a sickness, and maybe he got revealed to his sickness. Not quite. Not quite, babes. Fear appeared on the face of Halid. He remarked, Oh, doctor, please tell me what's wrong with me. I'm happy with the decree of Allah. My concern is my small children. I'm prepared to sacrifice for them. He then, he then burst out crying. The doctor soothed him and calmed him and then said, I cannot tell you anything until I'm convinced. It could happen that my doubts are incorrect. Please bring your wife and children without any delay. A few hours later, Halid returned with his wife and children. Tests were carried out on them. After completion, he left them in the car and returned to the talk to the doctor. While speaking to him, Halid's phone rang. He answered and spoke for a short while. After ending the conversation, he turned to the doctor and inquired, Who were you telling not to break the door of the room? Halid answered. That was my brother, Hamd. He lives with me in my apartment. He misplaced his key, and he asked me to return quickly to open the door. The doctor asked surprised, And for how long has he been living with you? Halid answered, For the last four years. He's now in the final years of his studies. The doctor inquired, Is it possible for him to come so that we can see whether this sickness is hereditary or not? Halid replied, happily, I'll bring him tomorrow. Hold on, this is where it gets tight. This part makes my heart so heavy, just stick with me here. At the appointed time, Halid and Hamd came to the hospital. Necessary samples were required and taken. The doctors requested Halid to return a week later so that he could show him the final analysis after being certain. So Halid remained worried for the whole week. The following week, he returned to the doctor, who welcomed him with open arms. He served him some lemon juice to soothe his nerves. He then narrated the virtues of patience and difficulties and problems, explaining that this was the system of this worldly life. Halid interrupted him, saying, Please, doctor, do not wreck my nerves anymore. I am ready to accept whatever sickness I have. This is a, deci this is a decision and judgment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What's the problem? The doctor lowered his head and then said, Many times the truth is bitter and painful, however it has to be known. Running away from problems will not solve them, nor change the reality. The doctor kept quiet for a moment and then dropped the bombshell. Halid, Mr. Ryle, it's impossible for you to have children. Those three children are not yours. They're actually from your brother, Humd. Halid did not possess the capacity to hear such startling news. He screamed out loudly, which ran in the, ho in the whole hospital, and then fell down unconscious. Yeah, mm, I haven't been the same since I read that. That is heavy, yo. Moment of silence. And the sad part is this is someone's real story. This is someone's real story written out. SubhanAllah. 
After two weeks, Hadley regained consciousness to find that his whole life had been shattered and destroyed. He'd become partially paralyzed. He had lost his mind due to the shock. He had already been transported to the madhouse, where he'd be spending the rest of his life. His wife was handed to the Sharia court so that she could confess and thereafter be stoned to death for committing the heinous act of adultery. His brother Hamd was placed behind bars, waiting for the Sharia punishment of 100 lashes to be meted out of him. Three beautiful children were taken and placed in an orphanage to live with other unwanted and orphaned children. This is the system of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The brother-in-law is death. And you will never find in the system of Allah any change. And every command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are immense wisdoms. Man's intelligence is short-sighted and weak. The object of the servant should only be to adhere to the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala since he knows what is most beneficial for us. At times, certain commands go completely against our desires and norms of society. One will thus have to go against the customs of society and fulfill this command of Allah, since this is an immense trial for which we'll all be recompensed in the hereafter. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Whoever holds firmly onto my sunnah at the times of corruption of my ummah will receive the reward of 100 martyrs. The reason for this great reward is that when a person will practice on these actions, he will be criticized, rebuked, and mocked. He will have to bear these remarks and insults with tolerance and patience. One such command is observing the hijab from one's brothers-in-law, cousin, husband-uncles, husband-nephews, and other such male relatives which Islam regards to be strangers to women. Dr. Stephen Clark, a psychologist, has published his observations. The intermingling of males and females, unrestricted visiting of cousins and family members, staying and dining at each other's homes, are according to me very harmful and its effects last for generations. By the socializing, I've seen women inclined to other men. Due to this intermingling, I have witnessed divorces and an increase in immodesty and adultery. I have observed breaking up homes, suicide, people ending up in jail. The underlying cause is this free access into one another's home. This story that I shared with you is a heart incident which quoted to illustrate the gravity of the non-observance of hijab and segregation between genders within family circles which has led to such grief loss and sorrow not only in the hereafter but in this worldly life this is only one of the multitudes of such incident which have heard which have and still occur subhanallah and that is where the story ends we don't necessarily know what happened after that i don't know they never had a follow-up that's where the story ended so let's let's talk about it i think that this was an immense amount of like i remember the first time when i read it and i was sitting there i just thought that okay like oh maybe he's getting accused of a crime and then when i kept reading it and i saw that i was like hell no you know what and i feel like what baffles me is when you look at the people around you where did this start off where did it start off it started off with him talking to his friend saying i'm worried this is happening my brother's coming what should i do what did his friend tell him he was in a state of i don't know what i should do and then his own friend was the one who was like you should do it why not let him stay let him stay what's what can go wrong what can go wrong after allah's commandments have already been stated now i want you to think about your own circle of friends this is a big example and maybe inshallah here you've never been through this and inshallah none of us ever do but this was a big example now think about your friends your friends that force you to do you know, things that might be borderline haram or are haram or friends that might force you to do things that aren't necessarily liked in the eyes of Allah. And you're thinking that it's harmless. You're thinking that nothing will happen to you. But yet here we have such a big story where just a friend simply saying, yeah, let him stay in your house, caused this disaster four years later. Not just four years later, not just ruining the life of the man, but also ruining the life of those three children. Those three children. And this is exactly why it's so important. It is so important to be careful on who you trust and who you marry and who you are friends with.
very important. It's not lightweight news. It's not lightweight business. This is very important business because when you start to let anyone and anything influence you and move you around, that means you take every advice and not every advice is meant to be good advice. Ultimately, you should always follow the advice that Islam has told us to do. When we don't follow what Islam says, we pay the consequences ourselves. We pay them. We pay them. Now, Allah knows best, inshallah, here that man's okay. At the end of the day, we don't know. You know, inshallah, here he's fine. But if you think about it, now more than ever, this has become common. And in a system where the sharia is not in place, of course, you know, people, they just let it go. But the reality is, in Allah's hereafter, we are all, to some degree, going to have to answer for something, right? Whether big or small. And one of the biggest things that we do by accident is justifying sin. And I've talked about this before, and a lot of scholars say the same thing, that sometimes the sin itself is just the sin. Yes, it's bad. Okay. But you sitting here justifying it is what pushed it to new levels. So in conclusion, try your best to always observe what Allah has said is correct. Try your best to stay steadfast and try your best to pick the right company for you. Because not all company is good company. So make smart choices. With that being said, have a great rest of your day. Take care of yourself. Hope you guys sleep well. Um, I know I'm definitely going to be feeling type of way after the story. It's been crazy. Hope my 11% male audience can heal because that was definitely some thought-provoking stories. Inshallah, that keeps, you know, all of us making the right decisions. But take care of yourself. Assalamualaikum.